Coaches, welcome to Keep Your Pads Down, your podcast for defensive line play. And this is episode number 149. Well, whether you are a first-time listener or you've been with us since 2019, uh, just thank you so much for checking us out today. I'm really excited to be talking with Coach Herbert Moore uh, about some pass rush and other components of defensive line play. Uh, first, I actually ran into Coach Moore. I was introduced to him uh, a couple, about a month ago uh, at a football camp at, at my alma mater there at Harding University you know, up in Searcy, Arkansas. Um, he had brought some D-linemen with him to, uh, to work out at the camp, and every one of them were super impressive and really well-polished, and uh, Coach introduced us, and we started talking, and and uh, we're able to get this thing together. So I'm glad that uh, that we're finally getting to make this thing happen. Um, but before we get to our conversation with Coach Herb today, I do want to make sure I tell you a little bit about our sponsors for this season, beginning with the guys over at Our Coaching Network. Our Coaching Network is a football coaching platform that connects coaches from all levels and helps them get better every week. Our Coaching Network has live clinics going off usually a couple of nights a week, and we'll have hours of high-quality live coaching clinics this year with each week's clinics added to a library that can be referred to back at any time in the future. So get on over there, create your account today. Subscriptions are super affordable, and you can even sign up for a free week, and you can cancel at any time. So start connecting with and learning from coaches all across the country today with our coaching network. Next, if you're looking for a way to promote the awesome things going on with your athletic program or your athletes this spring, then you got to go check out what GoEdit Graphics has to offer. GoEdit Graphics allows any coach to create custom graphics from their library of templates in a matter of minutes by changing the colors, text, and images to make it their own. They offer categories like game day, scoring, player profiles, and communication, to name a few. The platform is easy, it's affordable, and no design skills are needed. Uh, if you check out the graphic that I posted on our Twitter account uh, before I posted this episode, um, that one was made strictly with GoEdit. I, I, I did it in a matter, like, like it says, just a few minutes, um, kind of plugged the pictures in that I wanted to use, changed the colors, and to customize it, it's super, super simple. Uh, grow, go Edit Graphics is a great way to showcase all your sports and athletes, and subscriptions are for 12 months and include unlimited graphics. Highlight your athletes with custom-made graphics in less than two minutes with Go Edit Graphics. All right, so today we're talking with Coach Herbert Moore, as I already mentioned, uh, founder of 901 Trench Work, an organization that coaches defensive linemen uh, in the greater Memphis area. Uh, now, in high school, Coach Moore was a three-star recruit out of Memphis East High School and ranked as the nation's 56th best defensive tackle by rivals. Uh, he was also ranked as the number 16-rated recruit in Tennessee coming out of high school before signing with Ole Miss in 2013. Uh, after redshirting, Coach Moore went on to have a solid career for the Rebels before graduating in 2017 uh, with his bachelor's degree. Now, Coach's journey from player to starting his own coaching organization is an interesting one, and that's something we're going to get into today, to today and, and discuss. Uh, and then we'll talk some, some pass rush, uh, including coaches, his, his pass rush philosophy, his favorite move and counter move to coach, uh, some of his favorite drills, and then and then a whole lot more. Uh, we then talk about some block destruction, including the skill that coach thinks D-line coaches should be working every day with their guys. Sounds like a pretty good show, huh? Well, then let's go ahead and get on it. Here is Coach Herbert Moore in episode number 149 of KYPD.
All right, Coach Herbal, it is an honor to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, hey, how y'all doing today, man? Nice, nice being here, man. I hear so much about the podcast. I'm just happy to be on here. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, we are. We, I've slowed down the uh, the number of episodes that we're doing this year, just just to kind of stay at pace with my with my schedule. But I'm really have been really looking forward to this one uh, since we were able to link up at a at a, a football camp a couple of weeks ago, and I'm just really excited to talk some D line play with you today. And I know that the guys listening. Uh, are are excited to listen but first um, I want to get your background just on how you got to where you are today I think you have an interesting story so let's let's start there talk to us a little bit about your football journey uh, up to this point oh well man I started playing football at the age of three so man, I, I started real early I started extra early because uh, I was just, I was big man y'all know I, I came out the wound at 12 pounds so I knew I was gonna be big so just Playing football up to that point, uh, I had the uh, good help of some people in my life, like my dad, other coaches that got me to the point where I was like a top top fifty defensive tackle in America coming out of high school, and kind of went on the old miss to have a not not great career, but a decent career that you could you can hang your hat on. Uh, then uh, kind of bounce around with the pros a little bit with arena and stuff, but. Uh, the pandemic had happened, so like you know, when the pandemic happened, it, it put a lot of, lot of uh, question marks, a lot, a lot of guys' careers, not just mine, but a lot of guys' careers, because you know, what I'm saying you, you never know what league was gonna get get shut down, or you never know what league's gonna continue on. So I kept working out, I kept working out, but guys came to work out with me, and they're like, uh, they just like one day, like, coach, it feels good, man. Maybe you should just. You know what I'm saying? Coach us. You know what I'm saying? So instead of working out with us, because, you know, we all working out. We all getting tired. So they kind of uh, came up with the idea. My wife also pitched the idea to me. But at first, I was like, no, I ain't going to listen to me. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't go to the NFL. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do all these great things that kind of classify me as somebody as somebody's credible that they would listen to. So that kind of would held me back from it for a while because I was kind of putting a lot of doubt to myself and what what can I bring to the table. But you know what I'm saying? Just playing football all these years, I am a pro. You know what I'm saying? I've been playing football since I was three. And in somewhere, in somewhere, a lot of ways, a lot of guys are pros because we've been playing this game called football for a very long time. You're only blessed to keep going along that level like the pros, like the NFL or whatever. But um that's kind of how I got into it, man. So I'm just trying to really be here as a coach, a mentor first to these guys because you know they all need it because I didn't have that guy I can call. Yeah, I had a young coach I can call that can relate. You know what I'm saying? We got we all got pops that play college football, but if I didn't play in this era, they probably played 1990. So something a whole lot different. So it was a whole lot different than that. But when guys can call me and kind of ask me all kinds of questions and how to get through certain situations, I, I mean it's it means a lot to them. So now I don't want trench work. It's just not a or organization I got, but it's, it's a fraternity. So, yeah, man, hopefully my dream is to have guys go to the NFL, all these guys I'm trying to go to the NFL, be one day pregame warm up, like, man, hey, that's my guy trained with him in the offseason. Like, they just trained with each other in the offseason. So, it's a fraternity in a, in, a, in a kind of way. You get what I'm saying? So, I try, I'm trying to grow it as big as it can because it's a fraternity. It's, it's a brotherhood. It's not just an organization, hey, you come train, but 
as these guys come train to get better with each other, they also bring building that brotherhood. So that's that's kind of how y'all got started. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you and you bring up a point there when you when you're talking about starting, you know, not on one trench work about just some doubts that, you know, well, who's going to listen to me or how am I even going to get this thing rolling? And I think a lot of guys, uh, a lot of people experience that when they're ever, when they're faced with a decision of, you know, stepping out and doing something new, doing something different, right? Like, well, I mean, for, for example, for me with this podcast, I mean, I was really insecure starting out at first. Cause I'm like, I don't know anything about a podcast. Who's, who's going to listen to me. Um, you know, no one's no one besides the people in my family are going to even listen to this thing. And, um, you know, I think that for a while that did, that kept me kind of like what you're talking about, that kept me from getting this thing rolling. And then once you get past that, you know, and you just kind of you learn and you just kept, get more and more comfortable. I think things can really take off for you. And I think that that's what you're seeing now. I'm mm -hmm. just seeing how you interact with your guys at the camp and how they look, look to you and listen to you. Um, now, I, I, we're going to talk more about that here in a second, but I want to go back to. Um, your days as a player and you talked about playing at Ole Miss and I think when we talked last that we you know we kind of had some um, a little bit of overlap there in Oxford and some you know know some of the same coaches and things like that um, who are some coaches that really influenced you as a defensive lineman uh I, I, coming out of high school I was recruited by uh Chris Kiffin Lane's Kiffin brother Lane's, Lane's Kiffin uh younger brother Chris Kiffin he's a D-line coach I kind of had a report with him and like, you know what I'm saying? We can't see eye to eye, but that's still my guy then day. But he had an assistant that like one of the best D-line coaches in America right now, which is Trey Scott at Georgia. So man, me and Trey Scott kind of hit it off. He kind of was my recruiting guy. He kind of, we kind of had that connection through the process. So uh, I had him for a little while before he ended up leaving and going somewhere else. But when the, uh, I think, when it came time for Kiffin to leave, and he kind of went on to the NFL or whatever, I had uh, Freddie Roaches, the D-line coach at Alabama there. So man, I, I was just, I'm just blessed to have a lot of guys that kind of had a, a hand in my upbringing. So, man, and, uh, and I, I was still learning at that point. So that was good guys to learn from. So, like, the stuff I teach now, I kind of get um, tears and bits from them and kind of put my own spin on them. Yeah, for sure. And, and and I've told this story a lot on this podcast before, but Trey uh, was at, I, I was in Oxford at the time when he was a graduate assistant there at Ole Miss and Coach Kiffin was the D-line coach. And um, that was still when high school coaches could go over and work camps. And since I was coaching high school ball in Oxford, it was really easy to get over there and go work a camp and just kind of be around those guys and listen to them. And um, every time I'd go over there to see Trey, he was, he was in that dark room in there in the film room. Uh, watching D-line tape. And a lot of times it was that grainy Pete Jenkins stuff and he's going through it. And you could tell just from right then, like this dude is going somewhere um, because he was so detail oriented. He had a way with the kids, you know, the kids always gravitated towards him. And um, he just had a huge, to me, what, what always stuck out to me is how great a teacher he was of, of what he, the point that he was trying to get across, you know, like he knew a lot of stuff, but we all know it's it's not it's not what you know it's what the kids know and and can you teach it can you coach it and get it to convey it to to them in a way where they can understand it and I think that's one of his biggest gifts. So you got him, you got Coach Kiffin, you got Freddie Roach. Like those are three really good dudes in the profession as far as the D line stuff goes. As you start to create this this um, this organization that you have now. Like, how did you go about doing that? Like, where, you know, where, where did you start? You know, how did, how did you begin that whole process and get that ball rolling? 
Uh, for the guys that's just around the city, like uh, I, I, I coached at a former high, uh, at a high school right here, and guys that was just back in the city. So when I started, kind of, no, I, 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 this is back when BT Jordan first started. So I, I, I followed BT Jordan when he was just basic. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of got my little recording videos and diff, me getting different drills from him. So I'm saying so because he tried to do, he tried to get me to come out there when I was coming out of college. So that's the crazy thing. So when I saw BT Jordan kind of rise and hit in this thing, so I kind of said, maybe I could be that guy for this area because there's no there's no guy this in this region like as far as Memphis and Mississippi that's doing it on a big level like that. So I started getting guys just from around, and you know it was for free. I was just doing it for the love of it, just to better other guys. So it kind of turned into things like when I when people start seeing my videos online, I started getting this guy, this guy from college want to come to this guy, this guy. So it just started spreading around, man. So it just started, and I, and I didn't think it, it would be like that. I didn't think it would be nothing because in the back of my mind, I'm still trying to really think about my football career. I'm going to shake back after COVID and how, what, when my next opportunity is going to come. But this kind of, I want to say it's God's timing that it's kind of took over my mind because I, was, I wasn't worried about it. It was just something I was just doing to pass the time by. But it ended up being what I say now is my calling. So if I'm a high school kid or even a kid in college listening to this or maybe a high school college coach and I have a kid and that that I can think of I'm like hey I need to get I need to get these guys these two guys linked up um if I'm a kid coming to you what what are we going to work on how how is that process going to start um are you are you going to watch my my game tape or are we going to just go through some stuff first you kind of diagnose some things that I need to work on like you're I'm I'm coming to you and so, what, where, where are we going to start day one? Oh, day one, like it depends on like how guys want to do. It. They want to do an individual session. I kind of do basic stuff, stance, and just just stance and get off and just basic movement. And then from there, I kind of put my own plan together for them. And just just within the first day, I can see how you move. And but going forward, I, I start putting drills together and tell you and get to tell you like the the, the thought process. Drills and what you got to be thinking, what you should be looking at, like what what your steps got to look, what your alignment got to look like. So that's the things. That's the things that I'm trying to really stress to them, like the alignment and the why. So it's like most kids, they can see stuff online, like man, how, how he do it, how he does it. But if, when they know the why, then it kind of clicks to them. You know what I'm saying? So that's 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 the thing is when you when you teaching these kids, you got to tell them why this has to look like that. And when they know the why, they start to catch on faster than you think they will. You're like, man, that's, that's an advanced move. Like a lot, a lot of people, a lot of coaches nowadays, like it's way too advanced for these types of kids. But no, it's not because you can teach a kid. A good, I can teach a kid a, a extra stance in a day or an hour, one hour working with them. Like I, I did plenty of times. A kid come in, stands the guy whack. If you tell them just how to how to do it and why their hand is right there, why it's foot back, he'll kind of understand. Okay. That's how it should be because I'm lined up in a certain way. So, so it's it's the thing that you gotta tell the kids why to make them stress that oh, I gotta be this way so I can so I, so I put me in the best position to win. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. I mean, we're, we're definitely in an era where kids gotta know the why. Um, there's no longer because I said so. It's it's they gotta be able to see that stuff showing up, and and that's why you know I'm I'm. And, and a, a lot of coaches are quick. You got to be able to find your drills and find the things that you're working on 
showing up on tape. Otherwise, good luck getting those kids to buy into it. And the thing is, the drills I come up with, I try to make them as close to football as possible. Like, I, I, I do a lot of kind of cone drills, get around a cone, but I make it game similar. As, as close to as it gonna get, even me throwing on the shoulder pads, I'm, I'm, I'm making that because I, I want kids to make it muscle memory. So when it, when it's muscle memory, they 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 seen it so much. So when it's time to go, that they already know they they think in a certain way. Because like I, I like I see a lot of trainers, like some trainers that just got kids running around cones, which which is cool, which is cool, like by each his own. But you want to create. Game simulation drills. That's, that's that's my whole thing is game simulation drills. Things you're going to see every day. Every day is a D-lineman. Every down is a D-lineman. That's the only kind of drill that I do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about some of those drills and just really your process. You know, what's your – how would you describe your teaching or coaching progression for coaching pass rush? Everybody kind of has their own little flavor or spin on it. Um, how, how do you how do you go about teaching that? What, what a lot of guys don't know. It starts in your alignment first. Because like I said, when you line up and they line up like going straight up field, your first step is going straight up field. You got me? So I, I like I, I teach guys now to line up not like not, not in the cock position, but like in the arrow position. So when your first step go, your first step in the ground, you kind of can predict what the old line is doing. Like well, you can see it. You know what I'm saying? So if an old line goes for an overset, with that first step in the ground, you know that. I got that inside move or I don't. You know what I'm saying? So that angle is was, was putting you in the best position to kind of react to what he's getting. You know what I'm saying? So that's the thing is like it, it all starts in alignment first. So I gotta get get the point where they, they have to know that the alignment, the get off. You know what I'm saying? Because you always want, I always want the old lineman to me to be a two-way go. I don't want him to do a certain set and now he kills my whole rush. Cause like that's that's what they that's what they do. Like a lot of linemen, a lot of guards on a particular level, they do a lot of jump set. You don't get no kick step back no more. You, you don't get none of that. It's either short set jump set. They, they know a lot of D linemen, they're not so quick to counter. A lot of a lot a lot of D linemen struggle with that, that 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 small area quickness. So they know but by them knowing that, that's why you see a lot of old linemen jump set now. So because you, you gotta think. So if you can't think on your feet, you're dead anyway. So they know it, like O'Lamin know that not a lot, not a lot of young D linemen at this point don't have that awareness to kind of get themselves out of small small uh areas in in quick time. So yeah, I think um I mean we saw it, you know, you see it when when you go to camps or you see it in your own at your own practices and things like that, that um when guys, especially young D linemen who aren't confident in themselves yet, they're too quick to bail on their first rush, you know, on their initial rush. You know, instead of carrying that thing out, they're, they're as, you know, they, it doesn't immediately work. They don't have immediate success and they just, they just shut down. Maybe they just run, try to run right through the middle of somebody or they, they just sort of give it up. Um, and, and, you know, they don't really have necessarily a plan. So um, you talk about alignment and, and get off. So then, what what are you teaching them as far as like having a plan? You know, are they reading the the set of the offensive lineman? Are they taking a certain amount of steps? Like, what's the what's the the next part of the progression there? Depends. Like, and I, and I also teach them every 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 training session. Depending on your position, like your 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 foot your footwork is going to be different, and 
When he comes on the ball, he might got two or three steps to make his move. Yeah, I mean, at deep in the deep tackle position, you got one or two steps to beat him. Like that first step, you gotta be vertical. Like a lot of these linemen trying to beat guys inside when they jump set, but it's like fishing bait to them. When they jump set, they kind of know by nature that when I take your lane away, you gotta go inside. So I think the linemen, when they line up, they gotta have the awareness to keep their footwork the same. Like you, you gotta have the same, you gotta have that full first step get off. Because if you take that short step and try to do anything else, like they are already set up. Like old linemen are already. Once they get to that area, they set. There's really nothing you can do at this point because you always got to keep them in that strain to get in position to beat you. Like, if you don't if you don't get on them fast enough, they'll be set up in the area, then it's going to make it hard for you to kind of even – even if you do beat them, you can't even transition to your next move to finish the rep. You know what I'm saying? So you got to have – you got to have that first – that footwork. I teach the same footwork, like, D lamb is like three steps. You want to do all your moves in three steps. One, they do, one step is that vertical step. Second step, you're getting past that third step is that quarterback step. And it's the same. It's the same thing. Where do you go on cross top? Where do you go on swipe? It's the same three steps. And like, and that's how you kind of simulate. That's how you kind of tell yourself where you're supposed to be during the rip. And by putting yourself on another count. Like, I know my first step got to be a fear. I know my second step got to be past. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of these line, they get to the point where they trying to jab and pat their feet in front of them, but you're not straining them. You're just making him do what he do in practice. He plays mirror drill. You know, line do that all day in practice. So you gotta do your, you gotta do, you gotta do what you supposed to do and kind of put him in that strain. You know what I'm saying? So and 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 the end, they gotta keep the end gotta still know that they still have that speed. Like if you playing the DN, you got that speed, so you gotta always keep the tackle. And some kind of strain to beat you. You can't too much. You can't just flow in front of them most of the time. So you gotta just keep them in that, in that strain. So if if I'm if I'm again if I'm coming to you and I really don't know any kind of move or you know I, I'm pretty pretty raw. Maybe I'm a young kid. Like what's the first? I, I, and I guess this would probably you you would the answer to this question could vary based on what what you think my skill set is. But with most young guys, uh, high school guys, because you know a lot of high school coaches are listening to this and they're coaching younger younger linemen. Like, what's maybe a good, solid, easy initial pass rush move to teach a let's let's go with a defensive end first that they can do and execute that you could build on, you know, work you know build a counter off of that or work something else off of that move. What's a good initial pass rush move to teach a young DN? Yeah, the move I'm, I'm teaching now, and I kind of kind of got a progression to. Is uh the club arm over. So it's the, the club arm over, like when you club, it's kind of getting that outside the elbow. What you're doing that, you kind of opening your chest. Open your chest. When you bring that arm over, you kind of cleaning everything up. So that's the thing. That's one of the quick and easy moves that you can learn. And one, it's effective because it has that torso turn, that movement. You know what I'm saying? A lot of guys don't got, you know, like a lot, a lot of coaches try to teach the swipe, but with the swipe, they don't stress that you still got to move your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? So that club arm over, it can be dangerous anyway. And it's, it, and it's dangerous at the inside, uh, the interior position because with that, with all this quick jump set and motion, once you get that hand and get the turn your, like most old linemen, they're going to miss. Because when they jump set, they bring it. They not, it's not, it's, when they jump set you, they come to get you. 
So like when if you start having to get that move and time it up right, it's almost a clean win every time. Like I tell, I tell them why I'm training. I say I wish I had. Like I just, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I wish I learned that because like it's so and it's so easy to get now because they gonna know that when I throw this arm, I gotta open my chest, and that and there are a lot of young D linemen they don't know that all these moves you gotta do, you gotta have that chest turn because the old lineman only want one thing. It's a chest. So as long as your chest is moving, you putting them in the strain that I'm hitting something that's basically moving. A lot of guys got good hands, but they just don't move their chest. So the whole thing that they club on them over will be a good drill that you can work that it gets is one, is working on your hand, your timing. Two, is working on the most important thing, the chest, the torso movement. Like a lot of guys that, that don't have that, I recommend that be your first move you get to working on. How how are you coaching up the actual club part? Are they are they are they clubbing between wrist and elbow? You know, in the forearm, like no, this 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 uh, like when I when I go get them to get the arm, I call it the green area. You got me because like I call it the green area because it's money. Anytime you get an old lineman here from like the elbow on up, it's money. Where you get here, here the back of their shoulder pad, you get you can grab up here, or it, this this a focal point. So anytime you get these. You you almost gonna win every time, but the forearm is kind of a dangerous area because one, a big sweaty guy. You know, see we got gloves on, so ain't nothing to, ain't enough for them to replace. If you go for the forearm area, they can replace that quick, quick. But if you go from up here where you can control the belt like the elbow, they they not so quick to replace that. Or the shoulder, it's not so quick to replace that because you control you control it, man, by grabbing by the shoulder and that and that elbow area. And so then from there, so I'm I'm gonna club uh, and I'm pinning that arm against his against his body at the same time I'm turning those shoulders, correct? Like I'm yeah, yeah. And like when I come through, I'm bring that arm over. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like when I come, yeah. I'm gonna hit that, hit the elbow and bring that arm over. Yeah. And I and I think the language of arm over is extremely important because it's not a swim where they're bringing their 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 shoulder pads yeah, up, exposing the ribcage. It's, 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 not, it's not a swim. Like if you do yeah. that, because like. Let's say if you do get that elbow, that's gonna kind of knock you off your balance a little bit for you to square back up. But when you come with it quick and you get it down, now you can clean it up and you can get square and get your body back going forward. So now once I once I do the arm over, am I dipping that inside shoulder and turning that corner? Like how now coach me up on the finish part now. So now I've executed that. Like on the, on, like on the finish, once you get here. And getting that, you just running now because like once you get that out the alignment outside arm, he's pretty much done at this point. You know what I'm saying? His his next move is to turn and come get you because now he can't even bring that other hand across. Or if they show having to shoot, you got two hand puncher guy. You know what I'm saying? Once you get one arm, it's basically over at this point. You know what I'm saying? So it, this is one of the moves that when you get the timing right, just doing it and kind of repetition it, it's almost like a clean win. Every time, like so, the most linemen don't know it, but it's a clean win every time because their torso is moving. And when they can't grab their torso, a lot of linemen are panicked. You know what I'm saying? So they they so used to getting hands on you, but a lot of times that when their torso moves, they they panic. And nine times out of ten, once you get that elbow or that shoulder, you out of there. All right. So now let's say you're 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 going up. So you got your club on over in the bag. It's in the it's in your toolbox. But you have an offensive lineman who maybe is a little more seasoned, 
who does a good job of holding those hands till the last minute. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard for you to kind of execute that move when he when he's keeping his hands. So then it kind of becomes a game of chicken. How do I how do I get him to flash those hands? How are you coaching that part? Tori, I can't execute my move. It's two ways you get it. You get it through a power move off the next. I, I played at Ole Miss, and one of the best tackles to do is Lerman Thompson. Yeah, so Lerman Thompson is a, is a swan. It's beautiful when he passes, but he was always patient with his hands. You know what I'm saying? He'll have you – he'll have an end running all the way to the – he gets to the cliff before he shoots his hand. But, like, by the time you do that, the rep is pretty much over. As long as I show my hands. But with that, with that what, what I call that is the passer. A passive alignment. Like now, he's just waiting on you. So, like when you get when you get alignment to be passive, that means at some point he's kind of he's kind of scared of what you're gonna do with your hands. So now you got to almost go to a, a power mindset because, like I said, he's paying passive now. He's not paying aggressive. You know what I'm saying you 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 gonna kind of work your move to the point where he's not okay. If I get my hands too early, you know he's just gonna beat me. So now it's got to go to a, more of a power finesse type of thing. So if I do that, man, it's kind of a speed to power. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Or like 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 a thing, like a thing old linemen do, they kind of flash their hands just to get you to work your move. You know what I'm saying? So like the thing is that far, far as finesse, I go with a stab jab. A stab jab is nothing but like like you stabbing like you finna go into a long arm. But at the same time when they do that, they know that it's finna be a power. So when they do that, now when they shoot their hands, you get that elbow again and kind of take that elbow out. You get what I'm saying? So it's it's the thing, it's like it's it's ways to it, but you gotta be, you gotta be had that type of training just to know that okay, I, I know he can I know he can do that. Cause it's it's plenty of different offensive linemen that they can they can have a switch up. Like you said, the season ones, their sets are not the same. You know, so they can switch it up, they can go passive, they can go aggressive, just depending on what kind of player you are. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where film study comes in and, you know, just studying, like you talked about, everyone's different. Um, and, and, you know, um, like you, I think you brought up a great point that when they are patient with those hands, like that's what we have to, it, it's like a game of chicken and, you know, whoever blinks first is going to lose. Whoever flashes those hands and gives that up uh, first is going to lose. And, and so it's about, you know, like you said, if you go power and you flash that hand or try to get him to flash his hands and, and step at him, uh, then you can go about executing your move. What about a counter move? So now I've, I, I've maybe maybe he's oversetting me. You know, I beat him. I beat him on the edge a couple times. So now he's going to jump set me. Um, and we're going to move to the. Uh, I promise we're going to get to the interior D lineman next. You know, I want to make sure we talk about those guys as well. But now as a defensive end, um, maybe a good like counter move off of that club arm over. What what would that be? Uh, like like I said, like I said, you always got to put them in a strain, man. So like. Once they know you you going upfield, now the inside is open. So now they kind of threaten. The edge is kind of threatening at the end of the point. So, like, to get inside, you still got to work upfield to get these guys to turn their shoulders. Like I told, like I told, like I tell all my guys that if those if they don't turn their shoulders, the inside is not open. If the door is not open, it's not going inside. You know what I'm saying? So you still have to work to get those shoulders turned. For them, like once once when they get to the point where they shows open a little bit, you got to change, and that's the only that's that's kind of a one of the many different counters that you can get to it. But you know what I'm saying, and that's power. Like every every move, every finesse move got a power move to it. Like the club arm over, like let's say if you come right there, but now 
I'm coming with the top club now. You know what I'm saying? Because he's he's now he's ready like that outside arm moving. Now I can top and get that back shoulder now. So it's 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 it's, it's different. It's a it's a power move for every finesse move. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, and I think that that you know, like like you're talking about, like if you if you if you don't have a counter move off of your initial move, then then you're really handicapping yourself and, and going to make it difficult on yourself because you got to be able to have something besides a fastball, you know, um, in order to uh, to be successful. So let's go. Let's move into the interior guys, and you kind of already hinted at this with you know it's tougher on those guys because there's less space. They can't line up out wide. They're they're basically rushing in a phone booth. So what what's your approach with what, what how are you coaching you know pass rush with those guys um who are rushing a guard or a center or maybe they're they're, they're trying to to defeat a double team they're they're trying to defeat a slide or you know all those different things how are you coaching up pass rush with your interior guys uh when i coach up when i coach passes from the interior you know a lot of d-line they tell they d-line crowd the ball they crowd the ball make sure you know like with that being said it makes your margin of error is like so small. You know what I'm saying? You can't like sometimes when you crowd the ball and with them jump set now, like a lot of D linemen can't even get that first step in the ground because by the time they take their first step, they're falling into the O lineman's hand. So like I tell them that, like, man, give you a give you an attitude off the ball. So no matter what kind of set they do, you can still get that first step in the ground. Like when I like my guys rushing from the one. You don't want to be too much crowded on the ball because by the time you snap the ball and step right, you you bull rushing down the middle of the guy. Like I said, if he jumps it, by the time he jumps it, you come out the ball. Now you're down the middle of him. So like now now you in the, you're in a situation that you don't want to be in, rushing down the whole middle of a man. So like you got to line up on that foot and kind of get almost a yard off the ball because yo because if you got to get off, get get off. That step gonna make up for you. Being as close to the ball as, as they're telling you, you know what I'm saying. So you gotta give yourself some space to still get that first step in the ground. Because when you get that first step in the ground, what the old lineman thinks that he's going vertical, you got know I me. Mean? So if you if you don't never get that first in the ground, you make it so hard on yourself to win a rep because now your feet are packed instead of getting vertical and kind of getting from point A to point B. So like a lot of these linemen, a lot of these line coaches. All over the world, just here, crowd the ball, crowd the ball. Well, I tell them like, well, I tell my coaches, my 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 kids, my, like back off the ball a little bit, so you can still get that first step in. So when when they do jump set, I can still have the option to still beat them outside or inside because my first step in the ground, and I can determine where I want to go. Whether as if I was crowded to the ball, not by the time my first step coming to the ground, I'm already fighting. You know what I'm saying? So it's just it's just a way. Yeah, that's going. That's the biggest part of like kind of pass rushing on the, on the interior is having that space because the whole the whole thing the old line is trying to do is take away your space. When you don't have no space, you don't have your your plan goes out the door. You don't you don't got no plan or no backup plan because you don't have no space. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, um, you know, when you are an edge rusher, you know, you like to you like to get out there and get wide because space is your friend. And there's really no other way to to create that space, you know. You know, there, there, it, I say there's no way. It's harder to create that space as an interior D lineman. So yeah, I think that's a good point. Backing those guys up off the ball, uh, so that you can't because that's you know what's going to make it that that offensive guard more nervous. The fact that you're right up in his grill or that you're backed up a little bit 
and now he's not really sure what you're going to do or where you're going to go. Right, right, I think, right. I think, you know, and, and anytime we can make those guys a little bit passive and, and, and a little bit uh, hesitant about what they're going to do or what, what, what they can expect from you is definitely a win for, for the defensive line guys. Um, so just talk to us about some of your favorite drills, you know, because uh, I think D-line coaches are constantly looking for fresh drills or maybe a, a just a way to tweak what they're already doing. So what are some of your favorite pass rush drills that you like to work with your guys? Uh, like just warming up every day. Like I got them just running kind of the hoop. But also I have a, like a big like uh, band. So I kind of drag it, drag it across. But when they run it, they kind of reach that outside arm. So when you reach with that outside arm, it's kind of bring you to the top of the top of the rip. You know, like when you finish, it's changing their shoulder. So you can kind of lean. So what I'm doing, I'm trying to make them guys lean their curve. You know what I'm saying? With, with every move you got to do, you got to lean. So when you beat these guys, you're beating them tight. Yeah, because some guys, when they beat, when they kind of beat hands, they kind of go out away from their curve. You got to get to the quarterback. So, like, I got, I'm trying to get them guys to, when they do work their move, it's to stay as close to them cones as possible. So they can, you have a natural lean to you. You know what I'm saying? Because it's important on the inside. It's, it's definitely important on the outside. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of do that. And kind of then I add the arm to it. So I add the arm and kind of drag. And so, so when they break their move now, they got to work their move and still grab their band. You know what I'm saying? So you still having that lean. So it's teaching them that even when I work my move, I still got to have that lean to me. You know what I'm saying? And it's also teaching, like, I got, when I win, I have to win tight. You know what I'm saying? So now you kind of developing them to have that natural tight movement. You know what I'm saying? So when I beat them, I see I had it lean so I can get to the quarterback, had it natural bend to the quarterback, which a lot of linemen struggle with. Like, you see, like I see a lot of line guys that can beat a guy, but just because he don't got that lean to finish that rep, he missed out on a lot of plays. Like we had guys like that in high school. I'm like, man, if he had this lane, he would have had about almost 15 sacks last year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, finish is a big part of it for sure. So we talked a lot about younger, you know, coaching younger defensive linemen. What do you do with these guys who are pretty advanced? You know, maybe it is college kids or just a really advanced high school kid to kind of polish them up or give them some different things to think about to help improve them or take their their game to the next level. So what, what do you have for those guys? Yeah, more, more, well, when those guys, like you got, you got to have to have kind of more challenging, challenging. Like with the drills, you got to challenge. You got to make like if I'm, I'm if I'm doing hand drills, I'm last second hands with them. So when they come time to for them to decide the direction, it's last second. I ain't, I ain't sticking my hand out there like oh, go here. So it's just when they come, they attack, attack, attack. Hand. So now they they trying to get used to. Timing hands and going that direction. You get what I'm saying? Because, like I said, our, our office linemen, they're not going to just sit there and hold these hands like, like, like Patrick. You know what I'm saying? Some, some, and linemen are different. You got some guys that one, two punch, some guys that punch, some guys that kind of round. You got clampers. You get what I'm saying? So it's, it's just different things. So you got to get them different looks. Because, like, I tell guys all the time, every old lineman is not the same. You know what I'm saying? So you got guys that that just bigger guys, just bigger wider body guys, nine times of ten, they come here. So that's what makes it hard for them to get those hands. You know what I'm saying? So because it's, it's coming in around instead of an out. You know what I'm saying? So you gotta have a I'm telling them to have a different set of moves just for a different kind of set of offensive linemen. So 
And then you got to show them that through the reps, like through the week. Like I, I'm showing them kind of different looks through the week so they can know. Oh, okay, when they when they when they had these cancel, they when they at this school, they're like, oh, he a clamper. So I gotta I gotta work this move. I gotta work swat. I'm saying because he's kind of rounding out more. He's gonna give me his hand. So I gotta work Bob swat. So like you just have put that in their mind where they gotta think their way through these reps now. Yeah, I think that's a great way to do it. Where you talked about, you know, he's a clamper, or you know, he's a he's a he's going to lunge, or he just having kind of these terms, or ways to classify these offensive linemen, so that you can say one or two words, and the kid's like, oh, okay, yep, well, so then he's a clamper, or he's a fill in the blank. Here's the here are the rushes that I can do, or here's my plan of attack. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. they already know. I can watch ten plays of this kid and go, yeah, okay, yeah, or 10, 10, 10 clips or whatever. Like, okay, he looks to me like he is a fill in the blank. So here's our plan of attack, you know, for, for this week. And so this rush is going to be really effective. This one, maybe not so much, or this may be a secondary rush or whatever. But I think that's a great way to, to do that. Uh, in your opinion, what's maybe one of the most underrated aspects of coaching defensive line? Like something that gets overlooked a lot when coaching defensive line is, as far as pass rush is concerned. Um, what's, what's underrated? Um, I'll say this or overlooked, maybe like a lot of people overlook this when it comes to coaching pass rush. Uh, I guess the power moves, man. Like a lot, a lot of people, when they teach pass rush, they want to teach guys to win clean. You know what I'm saying? And in today's world, those guys on the other side, just as athletic as us. So we got, we really got to put guys in, in awkward situations to win. You know what I'm saying? So, we really got to tell guys like to work these power to finesse moves, like speed to power or the snatch and pull or snatch inside. Like it's not, it's not just too much of a power to power these guys, but uh power to finesse mindset. Because like we, we, we can't, we can't, let's be real. Let's, we can't train these guys to win clean. Cause like you got guys on the other side, it's real good. Like, you got Quentin Nelson, Lyman Thompson. Those guys are not going to lose with you beating one hand down, but they got the good feet to, Recover. So we gotta really just put guys. I say when we training and coaching them, put them in awkward positions to win, and make it kind of and make it make it kind of hard for them. That's that's all I got. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a great point, and which is why, like you know, and when, when we would do this, um, we would go against our offensive linemen, and they'd get maybe two to three reps. Okay, and one of those reps is gonna be a run block at least. That way they just have they have it in their mind. Like, I can't just tee off right here. Like it may be he may be trying to reach me, or maybe something where it's not a pass because right. there's a lot of times in the game, like, yeah, of course there's where it's third and ten or third and twelve, and everybody knows it's a pass rush situation. But you know, what about a second and short where it's a push down where they're gonna try to take a shot? You know, something like that. I gotta be able to, like you said, when it's not gonna be a clean rush. Like I gotta be able to transition from oh, oh, I gotta work into a pass rush now. You know, I might have thought it was a run or maybe didn't know what the situation was going to be. And so I think that's a great, a great point is to, to put it in your terms to, you know, teach those guys to win dirty, I guess is a way to say it, you know. Um, when you're watching guys, I, 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 go I, I ahead. Say this, man. I say this, man, like a lot of guys, a lot of guys want to be pass rush specialists now. Like, that's cool, but you got to remind these guys that you don't get the pass rush if you don't stop the run. Like I tell my guys, it look good. It feels damn good to get back down 30-10 and sack a quarterback or a strip for it from him, but you got to do the work to get to that point. 
So like like I said, I was a run stopper for most of my career. So that's why we do run stop drills all through the week. And that's kind of why that's kind of why I separate myself as far as being a trainer because guys can look on my page and be like, oh, this man out there doing he he actually got the shoulder pads on blocking people. But I, I'm not trying to beat them. I'm just trying to show them the proper hand placement during that kind of run stopping stuff. So like that's that's the thing is like when you when you learn how to stop running, it gives you a better understanding of the pads because I say that because like the hand placement, like the hand put the, to dominate in the run game, your hand placement gotta be on point almost every time. Like I, I gotta say, I can honestly say that, that during my career, that I was very much consistent in my in my hand placement during the run stop because I knew that early in my career that I wasn't gonna be no fast rush, I wasn't gonna be no third down guy, but I had to make myself good at something. So it's so that's kind of telling myself to always be good at perfect hand placement. And I know at the end of the day that nobody's going to run in my gap because I'm here every time, perfect hand placement. So that's the thing that kind of get really overlooked nowadays because with the success from BT Jordan and a lot of good other trainers out here, like the one Patrick's but you got to still stress to, you know what I'm saying, make these guys stop the run, man, because a coach, a coach would be, like I, I know playing college coaches, they want to see these kids stop the run more than get past them. So, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it's so hard. It's so hard to find a good, consistent guy that can stop the run nowadays, like interior and on the edge. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's it's, it's tough. So, like, you, you really got to try to make your guys kind of be that kind of master. Like, I, I, okay, I, I get the patterns, but my money is to stop the run. Yeah, absolutely. And as you're saying that, every Coach in America, D-line Coach America is shaking their head and, and saying amen as they're hearing you talk about, you know, you know having to earn the right to, to rush the passer. You know, I've mm-hmm. said it a bunch of times on this podcast, you know, rushing the passers is the dessert. Stopping the run is eating your vegetables. You got to eat your vegetables before you can have any mm-hmm. dessert. Um, so um, while, since we're on that and 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 I do want to – I don't want to take too much more of your time, but really quick, just kind of take us through some of your stuff that you do with your guys as far as working on – defeating run blocks or being great in, in, in defending the run. Because like you said, I think that that's a good point that a lot of, you know, a lot of guys want to be pass rush specialists and that's just, that's just one part of the game and you really can't be one without the other. So what are some of those things you're doing as far as coaching up, defending the run? Oh, uh, I, I do a lot of hand things do we, but a lot of things, a lot of stuff I've been doing ever since I trained is, Block recognition, like that's the best thing you can do for these young guys. Is block recognition, like the faster they can see this stuff, the faster they can play. Like you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of guys get get to playing too fast. I don't say playing too fast, but they play fast without recognizing blocks. Like you know what I'm saying? Like if I recognize a guy blocking backside, I can almost expect from that that, that first step he does, I got a washdown block. So my my eyes go back to that washdown block right now. So that block, that block recognition is something you got to do almost every day with these kids. You know what I'm saying? Even even guys at the professional level, because at, at some point they're just so worried about making plays that they got to make this play, but they don't know certain blocks or take them to the play most of the time. So even even guys in the, in the NFL level, they can never have too much block recognition. They can never have too much block recognition. So that's gonna be that's the biggest thing you come teaching these guys, and I and I teach these guys even at a young level. In middle school, so because the faster you're able to get this stuff, man, and 
the sky's the limit for you know. Like I tell most guys don't learn this stuff until they get to college, and it and it be it's 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 so hurtful to to know this guy can be like one of the top players in the nation and don't know the difference between a back block and and a, out, a zone away from you know what I'm saying just stuff like this. So you got to teach them guys this so they could be ahead of the curve, and that's what makes a good player. That he could be ahead of the curve. He don't have to go to another program and learn the whole world of playing defensive linemen. At an at a older, older, older age, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it, I guess, and as you're talking about that, I'm, I'm thinking about this example too. And I don't, you know, just go with me here, but it's kind of like if I'm at the grocery store and I only got so much money, okay, to spend, I better not go spend that money on Oreos and a bunch of candy and sodas and all that stuff. Like, I, I better be going and buying like the bread, the milk, the, the eggs, the basics, right. you know? And then if I got some left over, then I can go get. Then I can go buy that stuff. And it comes yeah. to the same thing with our D line practice plans. Like you better be spending a lot of your time on the staples, on the basics. I mean, run run block recognition. You're exactly right. Like if if they can't recognize and, and know what to do with certain blocks, like good luck with anything else, you know. And throw in their stance and hand placement, like you talked about. And then when we have some time, we're going to make sure we carve a little bit of time out for our pass rush stuff because that is important. But like we said. You know, you're not going to get to that point if you can't stop the run. They're just going to keep ramming it down your throat. So when you're watching, um, you know, professional guys or other college guys, who are, I'll kind of throw out, you know, sort of two questions here. Who are some coaches that you like to study? And then who are some D linemen that you like to study? Oh, coaches that I like to study, man. Like you had him on, Randall Jordan. Like he, he, he one of my guys. He tell me I could come down anytime. And I just like, I like, I like guys like him that kind of, and they teach, like I'm saying, it's the why tool. You know, most of the time when we come up nowadays, that these coaches tell us to do a lot of things, but they don't know the why to it. Like he can, he can tell you the why to it. He can show you the why to it, and he can show you, and he can show you being done in the real game. So just the, just, just the kind of breaking down that he has him and Trey Scott and Freddie Roach. And I'm, I'm so glad to have all those guys in my life. Like I'm blessed because, like I said, like I can, I can put all their game into one and kind of make it my own. You know what I'm saying? So that's who I kind of look up, look up to, man. I and from day one since he got the old Miss Dog, man, he was like, man, you can come back anytime. Like you want to get on the board or anything, let me know. And it's the same thing with Coach Rose. Like every year I go coach the uh Alabama uh O line D line camp. Like I'm going this this summer. So you know what I'm saying? It's it's it's, it's a it's a blessing. Like before I was like D lineman, uh you know I like some interior guys. I don't really pay I pay attention to ends, but I love how the interiors play. But I, I did like Jalen Carter man, when I was in Georgia. And that's and that's another big credit to Trey Scott, man. Like he he had three first round D linemen last year. Probably gonna have two again this year. Like man, that man. <laughs> like I started coming from a long time ago, from even when I was in high school getting recruited by. I'm like, man, if I got this dude, man. The sky's the limit. So it just. It's just, man, it's a, it's a blessing. And plus, he had one of my guys from the U.S. All, all, when he was at North Carolina, one of my former teammates from the uh, U.S. Uh, it was a, uh, I don't say All-American game, but it was a U.S. versus the World game. So he had him at North Carolina, he, and he said a number of good things about Trey Scott. So I was like, man, he, he won the best. Go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I – he he hasn't been on the podcast, but it hadn't been for lack of trying on my part. But um, I don't know how uh, 
you know, some schools are a little, uh, a little, they don't, they don't like their guys coming on and talking too much, but so I don't hold it against him, but um, yeah, you know, you talk about watching interior guys and I, and I was talking, we were talking about this the other day in our office, like, you know, the DNs get a lot of credit I mean, or they get a lot of the publicity and, you know, pass rushers and edge, edge and all that kind of stuff. But there's nobody who will disrupt an offensive game plan like a interior defensive lineman, you know, because then as a defensive coordinator, or as a D line coach or whatever, like when you have that dude in there, it frees you up to do so much stuff. And as an offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, it, you, you have to play one-handed because we can't even run a zone scheme or whatever, because we can't block this dude. Cause he's, he's, you know, didn't align a scrimmage or he's splitting the double teams or whatever, you know? Yeah. And so, and that makes life easy, you know, because now it's like, all right, come on, double team me, triple team me, whatever you want to do. Like this dude. Yeah, he, 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 you said they came by guys like Quentin uh, Williams at Alabama. He, he almost won an Ivan playing nose tackle. Like, yeah. I yeah. I don't think people know how incredible that was. He almost went, won the Heisman playing nose tackle. It, it's, that's yeah. unheard of, dog. It's unheard, it's unheard of. Yeah, so I, I I'm with you on that. I think that that's um when you have that guy and look, we I, I think in my you know going on 15 years of of coaching, like I think I've had that dude like that guy at nose maybe three times. You know maybe it, it you know like there's maybe been three of those guys that I've had. Like they just they're so rare. You know where it's like that you just put him over there and kind of leave him alone, you know, and he's going to go wreck shop. And then, and then you kind of, you kind of move parts around him. But um, that's a, that's a real, when you have that dude, um, you know, that's a, it, it makes, makes life uh, a lot easier for you on the defensive side. So, all right, before we get out of here, coach, we're going to, I got to ask you some rapid fire questions and uh, you know, yeah. put you, put you under the gun here a little bit. So um, you're, you're, you're a Memphis dude. You're from, you know, Memphis East high school, so, you know, we got to talk some barbecue, Coach. Um, we're going to be going through Memphis this summer. You know, like you said, I, sp I spent four years in Oxford. Um, when I was there, my wife and I, we tried to go to every barbecue spot, you know, that we could in Memphis from the ones that everybody knows about to the hole-in-the-wall places. So give us um, your favorite barbecue places uh, in Memphis. Uh, we, yeah, of course, I already know about D.D. King's on Beale Street. Yeah, like, I already know that, but uh, I'm a hot wing guy, so it's, it's like Memphis is the is the land of the hot wing places. So it's just it's spots all around the city. I got uh 901 wings. You got the wing guru down here, or or it's a Crumpies on every side of town. So Crumpies do a good job with their wings, stuff like that. So either one of those spots, man, you you'll be in good hands, and I'm, you're gonna be real satisfied because like a lot of people saying come in town, like I, I come to eat wings. <laughs> All right, so what now since you brought our wings, drums or flats? Flats. Yeah, I kind of went with Flats, flats with a fun. Flats with a fun. Okay. Drum, drum, you make your beat and you go. Them flats, you make, you party all day long. That's what they yeah, say. there you go. All right, so uh, you talked about, you know, played at Ole Miss. Um, and so obviously SEC, SEC West. Um, and I, and I'm, and I'm trying to think because I was, I was there around the time that you were there. And, and, and so I'm trying to think what you might answer to this, but most intense road environment that you ever played in as a player. Ooh, LSU. LSU, like, Hey, I tell, I tell kids all the time. I tell everybody all the time. Death Valley at nighttime. That's, that's the move. That's, that's the move. Like that's, that's some, 
I don't know, dog. And them fans is them fans is something else. <laughs> something else. But like, man, that, that's the perfect like college football. If you got dreams of playing college football, play LSU at night in Death Valley, seven o'clock. That's as good as it's gonna get. As good as it get. I've always wondered, like, you know, when you watch those games and they got, you know, every yard line painted, right? And they got the tiger eye in the middle, like what it would be like to put your hand in the ground right there on that tiger's eye, you know, in the middle of the field where while it's the the, the crowd's going nuts and, you know, in a night game, like what that would feel like. I'm just, like you said, you said it's like a movie. I'm sure that's, that's. uh Like, man, it's so loud. Here. It's so loud, man. Then you got to get sitting from the, the sideline. You, mm-hmm. you barely hearing them. So it's yeah. just, I just remember like, man, lining up against, you know what I'm saying, Lyle Collins and, some of them guys, Cushenberry and just stuff like that, man. It's, it's, it was just crazy then. Like, them fans. Like, just the guy on the intercom, when he comes in, you come in, like, he's like, welcome to Devil Valley. Like, that shit's chill down anybody by Because, like, yeah. don't get you ready to play no football. It's like them working them Ali in. Because that's just the, the final, like, the kick off, kick off the game, man. Like, that's that was probably the best, best environment. Like they were the best game we played in, but the best the best environment I ever played. Okay, so um kind of going off off track here because this is something that's on my mind a lot lately, is um okay, coaches, we're gonna talk coaching gear for a second. Cause I noticed like right now you're wearing I love that the coaching stuff y'all got on. Yeah, yeah. And um, but let's talk, let's talk shoes okay for a second so when you're out there when you're out there um in practice like do you do you have a certain type of shoes that you wear because you you stand on that turf all day your back starts getting hurt you know you you, or your feet start burning hot in the summertime like do you have some go-to shoes that you wear at practice uh that you can let us in on or is it just kind of like whatever you got i tried the shoes back then but i'm a cleese type of guy now so you know what i'm saying i'm on the like when I coach, like if I if I wanted to get into coaching, co- coaching like that, I'm gonna be out there with kids because I feel like I'm one of the guys. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, if young, I want to stay young. I want like I can't I can't make me the guy that blow the whistle. Like hey, do that. I want to sometimes be in a drill with y'all. When we got a job sometimes aside from running with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to feel. I want them to feel me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like so when I'm out there training, my guy, I got on cleats too. I got like I, I might kind of demonstrate a drill for them. Yeah. Full speed and live rep. You know what I'm saying? So they're like, man, coach coming out here doing this, man. I know we gotta do it. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. Because uh, yeah. who did we have like that? Like Roach, Roach is doing something. You know, Roach got bad knees. Yeah. So I like, man, that'll be a good thing. But like kid, when kids see that, that man, you in it with us, they'll play harder for you, dog. They'll play harder yeah. for you. And that's the key to it any one of your players, hard that they see that you really in this with them instead of just blowing a whistle and being like a spectator. Hey, do this, get down, you know what I'm saying? But if I'm out there, please on with y'all, I might do a get in and do a real quick. They're like, okay, I'm going off coach's energy. You get what I'm saying? So that's that's why I'm I'm a, I'm a peace type of guy now. Okay. Well hey, look, why you can do it like you're a big dude. Like you look like obviously you can still get out there and, and, and play. So I don't think anybody's gonna go into uh Want to say anything about that as far as far as that goes for you? Um, now I'm not going to get out there because I, I I'd embarrass myself at this point. Um, now, 
Um, let's talk about this. Going back to when you were a player, did you have any game day superstitions or things that you had to do or that you avoided on game day? Uh, on, on game day, man, I, 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 I sit back and watch Warren Sapp. Like, just on the way to the game, I'm, I'm watching Warren Sapp just to just to hear him talking, the, the mentality. You know what I'm saying? And then I, I wore number 99 my whole career, man. From Little League all the way up to college. So I just knew that. You know what I'm saying? When that, when that 99 is on your back, man, you got to play. You you can't come out there and look look average with no 99. So just watching Warren Sapp before the game and really just getting my mind right and just going out there in pregame warm-ups, kind of working on my hands. That was my same routine for years, and it kind of got me through that, you know what I'm saying, that Warren Sapp mentality and wearing that 99 just kind of gave me the edge of my whole career, really. It's funny you say that because I have two son- I have three kids, two sons, and and my younger one um, is playing T-ball for the first time. And so, you know, you got to fill out their little form for their jersey and you get to like, what number do you want on the back? I'm like, I don't know. And like, he doesn't know what number he wants. And so I was like, hey, I was like, I'm going to put 99 down on the form. Because kind of like what <laughs> you said, like, to me, that's a cool number. Like, 99. That's like, just like Warren number, number one. Like, like yeah. Like, that's just as good as Warren number one. Number one, because like I guarantee in in the line you ain't seen where number ninety nine, he the dog. Yeah, he the dog. So yeah. like it was just, it was just an honor for me to get the old Miss kind of earn that number. So man, it was just it was good. Okay, so since we're talking numbers, at the risk of offending somebody, all right, ugliest or lamest D line number. Like, what's the number you don't want as a D lineman? And we may throw this out on our Twitter and get some feedback on it. But the number you don't want as a D lineman, any sixty number, please don't wear no sixty. Any sixty number. Yeah, I think I think that's. I, I see a lot of true. guys. I see a lot of guys. Seventy uh, three. I don't know. Seventy three is ugly. But any sixty number, please don't wear no sixty. Yeah, yeah. That's. That, I, I think that's. That, the, the morale is gonna be down if, if you <laughs> put your hand in the stands. They see sixty. <laughs> <laughs> they almost gonna call every run play your way because you were in Like oh no, sixty-nine is good. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's very high. That's the only play I made made <laughs> I said, even it, it was ugly on him. He was doing a good play. Uh, that's funny. What are you are you cool? Like, do you like you know? Because a lot of times you see now, like the, the the nose guard wearing number zero or number one. Like, are you cool with that? You think that's you know, the single digits on these linemen. It's a nice suit. It's always been cute. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, think, I think the first guy that started doing that was really like Florida, Florida Gators. Yeah. Like, they, they'd be like, Big D line come out there with number one on and stuff like this. So it's just, it's, just, it's, it's cute. You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's, that's, I, I bet those guys wouldn't appreciate, you know, being called. But, you know, I kind of like what you said with 99. Like, if you're, if you're a nose guard and you're number one, you're number zero or, or a single digit number, like, you better be a dog, right? Like you can't yeah, be out there getting blown up off the ball. Yeah. yeah There's a lot of pressure be. in that. There's a lot of pressure on that yeah. if you're gonna wear that number. Well, coach, man, this was uh this was awesome. Really enjoyed talking with you tonight and and um uh you know appreciate what you're doing and um you know, just want to wish you the best of luck uh this next year. And uh I, I know we'll be in touch and I'm sure we'll we'll link up again at some point on down the road. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you so much, man. I got one more message, man. If you're a guy that's in college, high school, 
or whatever, man, get that training, dog. Because like when you at when you at the program or whatever, these coaches got 20D linemen, so it's hard for them to kind of zone zone in on what your needs are. So I, I think that you should go get you a trainer or somebody like that. Cause I wish I I wish I had a guy like me when I came home from old Miss to kind of sharpen my tools. So that that'd be the only thing I say that. Go find your training, a guy that kind of can develop in you other than your D line coach. Yeah, th- Coach, thank you for saying that. And we'll have your your contact information in the show notes. Uh, so if these guys want to reach out to you and uh, pick your brain a little bit or talk to you, they'll be able to do that. But again, Coach, thank you so much, and uh, we appreciate it. And like I said, we'll be uh, be looking to uh, to see some great things coming from you in the future. So thank you, Coach. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all having me on. Trends work out. Appreciate Coach Herb for joining us today. I really uh, enjoyed talking with him and uh, just love what he is doing. Uh, to improve the game of football by you know, imparting some of his knowledge and wisdom on young defensive linemen. Uh, it was awesome seeing him in action at the uh, Harding football camp where we uh, first ran into each other. It was really impressive watching his guys, the guys that he brought with him work. It was clearly that they had been coached up well and were super polished. So um, if you like what you heard today, then let Coach Herb know. You can follow him on Twitter at 901 underscore Trenchwork. And let them know you heard him here on KYPD. And if you want to reach out to Coach via email, then check out the show notes for today's episode for Coach's email address. Also, like always, go and give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And then give our podcast a follow at KYPD Podcast. Our quote of the day goes like this. Show me where a man spends his time and money, and I'll show you his God. And with that, we will close out this episode of KYPD. If you like what you heard, then go back and check out any of our previous 148 other episodes and be on the lookout for new episodes coming your way this season. Until then, have a great week. Before we get out of here, Coach has one more thing he wants to tell y'all. What you got, Coach Herb? Gotta remember, baby. Gotta remember, keep your pads down, baby. Keep them down.